Hello, you special spectacular superstars. His name is Aaron, and he just woke up from a nap. His name's Tommy, and he loves the taste of GameCube discs. And this is the Super Pod Saga. It's the, it's the Super Pod Saga, your favorite podcast on the planet. Aaron and I are not alone today. We've got a special guest. His name is Troy from the Troidal Power Presents, the Power Playthroughs podcast with Troidal Power. Welcome to the show, Troy. Hey, thanks. I feel like I should have a cool like theme song I play for myself after that intro, but I don't. <laughs> everyone, everyone just imagine a really cool theme song. It was like the coolest theme song. It was like it was like at... a '90s wrestling entrance. Is oh, what perfect! Yeah. <laughs> it'll be uh, it'll be like Stone Cold Steve Austin's. Yes. he's got to come out slamming two like Arizona iced teas or something. Cool. <laughs> Arizona iced teas. <laughs> oh man, um, Troy, why don't you tell our wonderful listeners a bit about yourself, what video games you enjoy, and then tell us about your podcast. Sure. Uh, I'm Troy, and I started playing video games like when I came home from the hospital because my brother was seven <laughs> years older than me and was playing Zelda while I was being born. Um, nice. And I, I, I basically stuck as a Nintendo fanboy since then. I'm like not toxic fanboy, but like I like Nintendo yeah, stuff yeah. a lot. Uh, and I now do a podcast, uh, as mentioned, Trottle Power presents the Power Playthroughs podcast with Trottle Power, which is like, it's an audio only let's play podcast. Uh, like so it. it's, it's like Twitch for your ears. And sometimes I play through a whole game right now. I'm very slowly playing through, uh, Oracle of Ages for the first time. Mm -hmm. And most often I just, I play random switch games and record like first impressions episodes about them. So if you have a switch and want to hear about a whole wide variety of switch games you should head to your podcatcher and type in troidal power and i'll come up yeah uh, yeah yeah and then i write as well at geek to geek media that's like my other big thing so if you want to not hear my spur of the moment thoughts but more slightly more collected thoughts uh you can go to geek to geek media.com and read my words if you want to listen nice. to troy's words if you want to read troy's words they are out there my words are out there do you have a social media where people can find stuff? Yeah. I mean, so if you just want to find links to things, like if you don't want to actually Perfect. interact with me, troidalpower.com has links to like all the stuff I do, including the things I've mentioned and other stuff. I do a Star Trek podcast and stuff. Uh, but I'm on Twitter at troidalpower. I'm checking it more frequently, you know, this week, but the amount I check Twitter goes up and down as the amount of like horrid toxicity on twitter goes up and down so. <laughs> yes absolutely that's a i like that that's a neat concept for a podcast um it's very fun there's 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 dozens of us now uh i i think i was the fifth person doing it but we now have five. a whole little community of audio only let's play podcasters yes if uh like our boys at the play along podcast mm -hmm. Mm -hmm community we consider uh, them cousins because they're book club style whereas the true oh. audio only let's play is you're hearing the player as they're playing the game but they are we do we have them listed as cousins i believe cousins okay cousins. <laughs> they got the cool. they got the family tree all made out <laughs> uh the 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 first encounter boys actually made a list 
uh, first encounters one of the other audio on the Let's Play podcast, and they for a while were maintaining a list on their website of all the games people had covered in that format, mm. and it was absurd. And I think they gave up on it, but yeah, it's fun. If you like my dumb show, there's a lot of other people doing similar things in a much higher quality. They're just less dumb, so it's a question of whether you want quality or dumbness. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of dumb shows, if you're a first time listener to our podcast right now. This is the show where Aaron and me and a, a lot of times a special guest, we bring a different topic to the table every week and we discuss it until there's nothing left to discuss, until everything has been said. And we're going to do that every week until we run out of things to talk about. And uh, Aaron, uh, what... This specifically about video games, yeah? Yes. I mean, there's a lot yes. to talk about outside oh, yeah. of video games. Whew. Specifically Scary. video games. <laughs> Thank you. Every topic in the world. Today's topic is pita bread. We just, we just haven't gotten past video games yet. <laughs> what's, uh, what's our topic for today, Aaron? Launch title. Our favorite launch titles. Favorite launch titles. Nothing nothing is better than, than getting unwrapping that console hooking it all up waiting for things to download if you're playing more modern day stuff and and getting some of those sweet juicy launch titles right right guys juicy yes yeah (laughs) there's just a special kind of hype about a launch title it's it's like because it gets like multiplied by the hype for the system so much excitement yes yes so aaron since this is your topic that you picked would you would you like to go first would you like to to tell us what a launch title you enjoy Yes, but also listeners can find us at superpodsaga.com. That's where we are, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. We are. The the first one I had down is uh, one of the best ones, in my opinion, Luigi's Mansion. Ooh. It doesn't want Luigi's Mansion. The second game where Luigi was the main character of a uh, of a game. What was but the first one? It was Mario's Mario's Lost or Mario's Gone. Mario's Missing. Oh, yeah. Mario's of course. How go. could I forget? I'm so far off. <laughs> Yeah, Luigi's Mansion though. It was, just, it was just nobody expected it. Nobody asked no. for it, and it was really good. It was just Luigi in a fucking mansion with fucking ghosts, with a fucking vacuum, and Professor E fucking Gad, <laughs> King fucking Boo. <laughs> and it was good. He's vacuum up ghosts. It's just this ghost family you're sucking up and collecting, like shaking drawers and sh- or dressers and like and shit to get money out because there's cash hidden in like the chandeliers and shit and. You have your your game was what was the Game Boy called? The Game Boy Spook or something like that? <laughs> the Game Boy oh, Spook. <laughs> Spook Boy Color. I have no idea. The Poltergeist I didn't, is I didn't the vacuum. Play this one. Yeah, I remember Poltergeist. Oh, no. Game Boy Horror. That's what it was. Game Boy Horror. Game Boy Sorry. Horror. Oh man. Sorry, folks. I was so I was so fucking far off. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, what a what a crazy idea for a video game, especially a launch title for your new system it's you're gonna play as luigi in a scary mansion and you've got a vacuum that sucks up ghosts like who came up with that and why it's a weird (laughs) concept like nothing in all of mario predating this really like suggests that that should be luigi's role like it's very weird it's yeah it's a very weird one i uh when they like i first saw it in like I, i read a lot of magazines back in the day and there were a lot of like sneak previews of the different games that were coming to like the game cubes which back then was a project dolphin but uh, <laughs> yeah luigi's mansion was one that was just so different and and so fun it looked like and yeah showing up it was it was great i played through it like four times and it's awesome really i've, I've never touched a luigi's mansion i've never what never ever no i didn't my gamecube i probably didn't even know luigi's mansion existed for a long time because 
Yeah, my GameCube games were were all like boring sports stuff because I was a sports they're, gamer. They're very fun. I I've played. I think I played probably about half of the first one, and then I've only played a little bit of the of three, which is on the Switch. And and Luigi's Mansion Three is, I think, still one of the best looking games on oh, the yeah. Switch. It is. It is absolutely beautiful. Man, what a what a weird lineage too. I'm I'm sure there's not too many. It might be the only Nintendo franchise that goes GameCube, 3DS, Switch. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the Monster Hunter series went all over the fucking place. It was PS2, Wii, Wii U, 3DS, PSP, everything in between. Just a good bunch of healthy stuff. That's a good. That's good. To Switch as well, because Rise was Switch exclusive at launch. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Monster Hunter, yeah, has had a a wide range of exclusivity. They've they've had two on the Switch so far. Man, man, Monster Hunter, Luigi. What, what, what about you, Mister Troy? What's what's Um, a what's a launch title you got in in the brain? I'm gonna go to the Game Boy Advance because I love the Game Boy Advance, and I have I'm I'm gonna cheat and give an honorable mention here. Uh, Pour one out for Advance Wars. Which yeah. missed the launch for Game Boy Advance. It was supposed to be there at launch, and instead it came out September 10th, 2001. It's a game about war that came out the day before September 11th. And <laughs> so it had a lot of problems there, and then was supposed to get relaunched yeah. right after Russia invaded Ukraine. So ga- the Advance Wars perpetually coming out at the wrong time. Uh, the but what I'm going to go for is uh, <laughs> Super Dodgeball Advance. Super Dodgeball Advance. Advance? Have you Never played this? Really. You're going to make, oh me, you're gonna make cool. me Google something on your first pick. <laughs> Super Dodgeball Advance is a spin-off from the River City or or rather from the Kunio-kun series of games in Japan which have like a 100 games in that series and what? we've only gotten like oh, yeah. 8 of them in in the states. Um but Super Dodgeball Advance is it's a it's a it's a dodgeball game. Like it's a sports <laughs> game where you know you have a team and you go through a league and there's a championship but it's all dodgeball and it's a very cool form of dodgeball where you have four players on the court but then you also have three players, uh, one on each side of the opponent's half of the court. So you can like jump in the air and then throw your ball across to the person that's on the sidelines on their side, and then they can do like a special throw and throw it at the uh, the opposing team. Or you can like run and jump over the line, and so you can like dive bomb straight down on people. It's just a, it's a really good, fun, weird sports title that has had no successor. There was a. Uh, a game called Dodgeball Academia that came out uh, a few years ago. Um, Ooh, that one's fun. It's it's fun, but it's not as good. The, like it, it's a better overall game because it's got like a story to it, and there's a lot of really funny writing in Dodgeball Academia. The dodgeball itself is tr- doing the same thing as Super Dodgeball Advance, but just not not quite as good. Uh, it's a game I still go back to. I still have my original cartridge. I'm actually I'm I'm slowly selling off my physical collection of games Damn. right now. And that's one that I'm like, I think I'll just keep this one. It's small. I can just hide it in a drawer. I'm curious. So, yeah. How how because how, since it was a launch title, were the were the graphics pretty good for it being a launch Game Boy Advance title, or would we look at it and be like, oh, I'm kind of surprised this is a Game Boy Advance? No, it, it. I mean, it looks like a Game Boy Advance title, but I think that that comes again from it having the the lineage of the the Kunio Kun mm. series mm-hmm. because they had done you know Super Nintendo games and stuff at that point. So sure. it takes kind of the art style from that, um, from the the prettier versions of those games, and just puts it on Game Boy Advance. And it still looks good. It's still fun. It's remarkable how many like 
different strategies there are with only you know limited face buttons that oh, the yeah. Game Boy Advance yeah. has, uh, which is part of why I think it's such a good launch title. I, I feel like it shows off how that hardware can really work even without having a lot of inputs. Yes, very well put. Good pick. Aaron yeah. Aaron and I message each other. We're like, I got a game that's going to surprise you. And Aaron's like, me too. And then you blow us out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> Super dodgeball. <laughs> my my first pick is is one of the I – didn't, I didn't get a lot of consoles at launch because they cost money. But one of the ones I did get was the Nintendo Wii. And Wii Sports for the Nintendo Wii just – Oh man, man, that's like damn it. <laughs> yeah, suck <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> it's 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 such an experience. Like that was the revolution in gaming. Cause man, it's so hard to describe because now we kind of have motion controls and basically everything. But back then, it, just hearing like, yeah, you take this Wii remote and you move around, it moves your character on the screen. It just sounds impossible. And then when you actually get to play it, and you're like, I'm swinging this racket like a wild man, and it's happening on the screen. And I remember uh, uh, opening up my Nintendo Wii and showing my dad the Wii remote nunchuck, and I'd be like, this is the controller. Isn't it cool? He's like, that looks stupid. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it's cool. You waggle it. <laughs> we'll be waggling dad. for years. You don't want to waggle? Son, that's stupid. Now go get me a roll of Copenhagen. <laughs> yes. Oh, you hit the nail on the head there, Aaron. <laughs> my uh, my dad uh, injured himself playing the boxing game in Wii Sports. Oh, no. Uh, to the point that I think it was he ended up with tennis elbow, if I remember right. But I think it was like a condition that was there. It just wasn't bothersome enough for him to get it looked at until he played Wii Boxing and like threw his elbow out in the process. And just... had to have a sling for a while afterwards. Dang dislocated the fuck out of it it came clean <laughs> out dude he just got wrecked by wii box arm just falls off <laughs> yep there we go oh man is wii sports is just like such the perfect package for like here's what the nintendo wii can do here's how you do the controls point at the screen click around use the mies we got mies and the, you're gonna love them just oh man great 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 everything i love wii sports and they tried replicating it with Switch Sports, and it, it really doesn't seem like it caught on nearly as much, but it was, it was a time and place yeah. thing, I guess. I feel like they dropped the ball on marketing Wii Sports, like, a lot. It just came and went with no fanfare. It's almost like that should have been a launch title for the Switch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Silly Nintendo. Oh, they're so great and also awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's big mix. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Aaron, your turn. The next one I had is another GameCube one, and it's a, and it's a, uh, it's a series that Tommy knows that I love. <gasps> Super Monkey Ball. Oh. oh. Yes, I remember playing the demo of that and being like, I hate this. <laughs> oh my God, Tommy! Oh, Super Monkey Ball is just good, clean arcade fun. It's just mm -hmm. monkeys and balls, and you just <laughs> guide them through these mazes. Sometimes there's like cool little mini games like Monkey Target or like uh, Monkey Bowling. Sometimes there's cool unlockables. Some stages are real fucking bastards. Like I yeah. haven't beaten the newest one that's on Switch because there's just there's just this one stage that I cannot fucking beat. It is it's impossible. How anybody can beat some of these stages is just so far beyond my comprehension. I can't even begin to understand. It's it's it's. <laughs> wild and wacky but I, I still love the characters like i love i i i love gunk on i love baby i love all the characters i love them 
and then you're picking up bananas and they make funny little sounds they're like ah yeah 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 after you win and like <laughs> oh my god all oh, the music it's so good oh my gosh you're just giving all me right. gamecube flashbacks what a what a great time the the gamecube i don't want to be like old yes. man in here but it was just video game ass video games no mm-hmm. no micro transactions no dlc just like here's some fun no day one patches games. if yeah. the game was broken Dude. it was broken forever yeah and there's nothing you could do about it <laughs> the way we liked it <laughs> i have a question about monkey ball because I, yes, I i'm very unfamiliar with the series i know it exists i've seen it i've probably played it once or twice I hear people, when they talk about Monkey Ball, make a particular point of saying that you're not controlling the monkey. You're controlling the yes, stage. Yes, that's true. Exactly. My question exactly. is, what, tilting. what does that mean from a <laughs> gameplay perspective? Well, no, yeah, basically, you're just tilting, and like, you're tilting the stage, like, forward, backwards, side to side, and, like, the corners and stuff like that. So, yeah, you're really just tilting the stage, and then the monkey just rolls wherever you go. Yeah, the stage is, like, suspended in space, and the monkey mm-hmm. is on it, and you are tilting the stage to have him roll around so the momentum is incredibly important it's like uh it's like the the breath of the wild uh ball puzzles where you had to tilt those around okay okay it's exactly like that so like if you if you want to make a turn you got to be thinking about tilting back to slow down as well as tilting okay all right that makes more sense then yes sir cool hey your turn troy all right um (laughs) I'm I'm gonna do a double whammy. I'm taking Tetris. Yes. You can't stop me. Yes. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and and I was saying it's a double whammy because Tetris DX was also a launch title for the Game Boy Color. So Tetris launched two Ooh. different Game Boys. Uh, and and DX is really the one that I personally have a fondness for. I mean, te- it's Tetris. Okay. I'm not gonna tell you about Tetris. It's a perfect video game. Yes. Yes. To say. Oh my gosh. Are uh, you? Yes. I say that every single day when I wake up. That's, I look in the mirror and I say Tetris is a perfect video game. If only it was in color. And then boom, Tetris DX comes out, <laughs> and now it's in color uh, for the first time ever because the Nintendo Entertainment System didn't exist. Uh, it's just I don't know. There's a spaceship on the cover on the art for Tetris DX. Mm-hmm, I don't know mm-hmm. why there's a spaceship there. Like it's not like a future fancy spaceship. It's just like an NASA spaceship. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. that's just burned into my brain. And Tetris DX was the one I spent so much time on. I remember it specifically being on a flight and my mom asking me if she could play my game boy because i had tetris dx on my game boy color and my mom loved tetris so yeah tetris dx i think is just that that is my favorite version of tetris like I, tetris effect is cool and like playing in vr is amazing Woo! but tetris dx was just it was always there for me in my game boy ready to play uh have, and i love it so have you played tetris yeah. effect in vr i have played tetris oh. effect in vr it's amazing oh. it's it's incredible but you know like i i don't really want tetris effect to be or i don't want tetris to be all-encompassing it's cool (laughs) when it is but i want to be able to just you know play some tetris and that's what i feel like tetris dx was for me yeah it's just we just want to play some tetris yeah i played through tetris effect on the xbox which was not in virtual reality it was in reality reality and i beat all the stages and i was like okay it was tetris (laughs) with cool music all right it it, like didn't do Mm -hmm. much for me but but everyone loves it you know i mean it's it's cool it looks really good it yeah, has good music yeah. and when you play it in vr it is like overwhelming I, like I, it is it yeah, is that's, a that changes on everything the i'm sure um, uh i played it sitting in it, my dad had a big easy boy at his house and i was playing it there in vr and i just leaned the, the like or lazy boy like big leather way too poofy yep. and it leaned all the way back and i just laid down <laughs> and played tetris effect in VR, let the tetris was, wash over you it was an experience 
So, did you play the Game Boy Tetris, the original? I'm sure I did. I I okay. had an original Game Boy, um, but my I, I think maybe my brother and I shared the original Game Boy, and then the Game Boy Color, like that was my Game Boy. That's the one that I have okay. more memories of. I my grandma had the Game Boy one, and so when they released that on the Switch, uh, online whatever, mm-hmm. playing that again and hearing all those sound effects was like magic magic to my ears and i was hoping that you had a memory of the sound it makes when you play a tetris or when you make a tetris because i've seen people on twitter being like what is this sound effect because it's a nightmare and i was going to have you (laughs) i was going to ask you to replicate it but but it's okay if you can't (laughs) i I can't think of the sound it makes in anything i'm totally blanking on. no it's okay it's once you hear it you'll be like oh gosh that's disgusting you'll have to look it up later have you have you all seen the trailer for the tetris movie that's coming out yes rated r tetris movie it, it looks so good, it looks so good. they're, they're making you... a movie it's it's a it's a dramatization of the story of how tetris got made which was basic it's a political thriller because the game was invented in russia like you know during the cold war and so it's oh, a political thriller about the creation of tetris and or, it is... or i guess more about the uh acquisition of tetris because it looks like it's about the guy who brought it from russia to the game boy and it is Tetris. heavily sorry Aaron you go I was just going to say Tetris Effect in VR sounds like the most terrifying game to play if you were <laughs> really like really fucked up on peyote but <laughs> oh yeah absolutely the the movie looks so heavily dramatized though and I love it like the, there's like that the scene where they're like this is the Game Boy this is the most <laughs> advanced piece of sheet. technology they're like only 12 people in the world have seen what you're about to see <laughs> yeah. It's Jesus a Game Boy. Christ. I love it. I it just seems so perfect. Like just you can't you can't just tell that story straight because it's it's not going to be as exciting. But making it like over the top just sounds perfect. I'm gonna have to subscribe to Apple Plus or whatever it is just to watch it. <laughs> it's like it's like the the show gets smart. There's like fucking fourteen doors you're going through. And <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah. What <laughs> you have to get like what a reference or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like the, get uh, smart. Well, like, like Gosh. pressurization rooms or like what you're about to see has never been shown to anybody outside of this company and then they're like they're like taking your like a blood sample and like scanning your <laughs> retinas and like yeah breaking your fingers and repositioning them like all right here you go it's a game boy all for the game boy the <laughs> <laughs> green screen and everything oh, man. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. okay um i got an, I, I got another like super basic boring pick and then i'm gonna get to the fun ones after that so i apologize okay. for not being exciting uh, you guys ever hear of Super Mario 64? Yeah, I heard about it once or twice. I think so. Man, What's what that? a it's a it's like Mario, but he's in 3D, and you control what it in a fun. 3D 3D space, <laughs> which I think is probably one of the most important launch titles, just because the the taking Mario, which is beloved and had like a bunch of hit games at that point, being like, how do we make this 3D? How do we make it fun? How do we keep the spirit of Mario alive in three dimensions? And then doing it and making it its own special magical thing is really, really cool. Um, I'm also a sucker for video games having in-game explanations for mechanics. So the fact that they were like, yeah, Lakitu is going to follow you around. You control him with the <laughs> C buttons. That's that's how you're seeing what's happening right now. It's a Lakitu. They totally didn't need to do that, but or Lakitu. I don't know how it's pronounced. I pronounce it Lakitu. I think, and we would know what you're talking. Everybody knows what you're talking about. It's all good. 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 
and I, I just love that totally unnecessary explanation. But but they also nailed a 3D game with only one stick somehow. I like imagine doing that today. Yeah, they they hit the nail on the head with Mario 64 because n- not only was he you know in more than one or more than two dimensions now, sorry, but they added to his move set. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot a of lot. different shit yeah. he could do. Because 2D Mario was literally just you know run jump and like occasionally you pick up like a thing that lets you throw fireballs or fly or some shit like that but mario 64 they're like nope he can dive he can do a butt stomp he can do punches and kicks he can do all this shit so you could really break the game and get to places you weren't supposed to get to but they, they didn't need to do that either they could have just done run and jump but they went the extra mile you know more moves made the game it made you feel like uh like an acrobatic yeah uh acrobat that's what I was trying to say, but <laughs> sorry. I'm just an acrobat, an acrobatic one. <laughs> yeah, an acrobat. acrobat. And, does uh, acrobatics. And they could have just been like, here's a bunch of stages for you to play through, but it was they had the, the hub world of the castle, which had its own mm-hmm. secrets and places mm-hmm. to explore, and just giving you these big open areas to run around and use those new moves and, and fully explore. It's It's just... Props like imagine what happens if they don't if they do something wrong and Mario sixty four feels bad to control or people don't like having the freedom to explore everything. We man, I I don't even know if we'd be here right now. <laughs> I'll tell you the the castle I think is one of the biggest like takeaways from that game. That's that's the thing that I have the most like well that and Bob Battlefield are the two things yep. that I have the most specific yep. nostalgia Ooh. for. But the castle like they just opened the super nintendo world at at universal in california and it's peach's castle like mm-hmm. that's just what it is and it's from that game to the point that when you walk through the entrance there's there's portraits on the wall of the levels from mario 64 cool. oh man how many people will try cool. and jump into them and take a picture of themselves doing it <laughs> i mean i absolutely would i'm not not knocking anyone <laughs> they immediately throw you out the door. They're like, "Don't come back ever again." <laughs> the, I really liked that there was um, you, you could skip some missions that you didn't want to play, which is really cool because there were a lot of mm-hmm. like, really mm-hmm. dumb ones where like you had to race the Koopa Troopa, and there was a bunch of other stuff. And if you didn't like those missions, you could just skip them because like you didn't need all the stars; you just needed a certain amount. Yeah, yeah. that was really cool. Really, really well thought also, everything. And there's so many other so many other 3D platformers that tried to to capitalize on what Mario 64 did, but none of them are just as legendary as Mario 64 is. Like there were a bajillion on the the PS1, and they were yeah, that yeah. was not 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 as good. As Mario, you're not Mario. Get out of here. You're not you know, Mario. I I have always been like I said a Nintendo fan, but I've always leaned towards the Zeldas more than the Marios. But for even that reason, I have to praise Mario 64 because Ocarina of Time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. subsequently Majora's Mask are both built on the Mario 64 engine. So the work that went oh. to make Mario 64 happened was the groundwork that got used to make the Legend of Zelda games on the Nintendo 64 happen. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know. Yeah, that. yeah. Same same source engine. Obviously, it's changed quite a bit for Zelda with the addition yeah. of items and Z targeting and all that. But the basic like walk around and interact with the world engine is the same. They should do a crossover where they put like Mario and Majora's mask and Mario has to like wear all these masks and go back in time and Mario's a Deku or Deku or whatever. <laughs> just, wow. You know, there, there is, I'm sure. I was going to say someone's had to have modded something but, like that. 
the thing is is that there's a <laughs> massive mod scene for uh for the N64 era Zelda and Mario games. So there's there's like whole other Mario games that you can play that people have made. But from what I gather, because of them being on the same engine, I think it's relatively easy to swap like models in and out. I think they that copying and pasting Mario into Majora's Mask <laughs> is probably a relatively easy mod. Someone's to do. like, we did that back in like two thousand two, man. <laughs> God damn it! No, they're gonna they're gonna send us like fan mail, like actual fan, like snail mail. They'll be like, "Hey, Aaron, you fucking twit! <laughs> they did that in two thousand two. Get real, sign. Fuck like, you. How did anyway, you miss here's that? Here's a cartridge of it. Have fun. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was nice. All of a sudden. <laughs> my uh, speaking speaking of twits, my next one is uh, it's again it's it's one that I did play at launch, but it's it's a uh, it is. A game that came out at launch, but Castlevania Circle of the Moon from the GBA. Yeah. Ooh, more oh, more GBA. Oh my god. Goodness. Yeah, dude. So other Castlevanias, what have you? Like, like, like um, Castlevania games after Symphony of the Night, or or what are called uh, Egovanias. They would have you explore Dracula's castle. You pick up weapons from enemies. You have different sub weapons, all that shit. But in this game, your your main weapon is always the whip, and that doesn't ever change. Always. Ooh. It's like, well, instead, like the. Uh, I was it's to to the word always. I was saying well, which I think is exactly what you're about to explain. Yeah, there's there's all sorts. There's uh, the main gimmick with this game is that there's just a bunch of different cards that enemies will drop when you kill them, and you can mix and match cards to make different effects. Like you can mix like I forget what exactly the cards were, but there was I think they had to do with like the enemies, weren't they? Like there was like golem and like, like skeleton mm -hmm. and shit like that, or there's 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 two rows. I think one row is like types of enemies, and the other row is like elements or something. Yep. I think. Yep, it's coming back to me now. Yeah, because and the elements were like planets and shit like that. Um, oh right, yeah, the classic elements. You could you could you can mix golem with like something to to give your dude stone armor, so he would either take less damage or take no damage or like you know one in this to, to give your whip like fire powers and uh just all sorts of awesome cool shit to augment your dude and just make him beat the shit out of people and then of course typical castlevania fashion you'll find other power-ups that'll let you double jump or do other stuff to get around the castle and it's all open-ended so you can go you know this way first and then go that way and then once you get this you can go back the other way and it's uh it's on the um Castlevania Advance collection that's on like every system I think and it's it's, it's really fun it, it's a good fucking everybody else will say the Aria of Sorrow is the better one but um I'm kind of partial to Circle of the Moon please don't hate me everybody I don't hate you I I the only the only Castlevania I played was that what 30 minutes of Castlevania 2 <laughs> That was your favorite Oof. right I mean it's the only one I played so yes <laughs> Technically yeah technically it's your favorite cool all right i uh circle the moon was my first castlevania game and i replayed it a few years ago and still really enjoyed it uh and then i just played harmony of dissonance i think is the second one right yep 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 and then i have not played aria of sorrow yet but they're very good it's the that era of castlevania games uh yeah if you haven't you should check out elderand which is a game that just came out like a week or two ago uh, that is, it is, it is another one of those. It is somebody else <laughs> making a GBA Castlevania game. I'm looking it up right now, <laughs> and it looks purchase. Good. It's oh, it's on Nintendo. Okay, yeah, I, I, okay. I played it on Switch. Couple frame rate hiccups here and there, but nothing drastic. It was great, and it was I was glued to it. I, I beat it in like 
about four or five days like it was just the game i played every night like oh so good so good i uh we as long as it go ahead Tommy. no you can because i was i was you go <laughs> i was just gonna say as long as it plays like any castlevania game symphony of the night and onward i'll, I'll do it yeah, it, it feels a lot like those. It's got a couple differences. Like, you get different weapons, so you, like, choose whether you're going to go a sword or a spear. And there's when you level up, you can pick uh, from four different stats. So there's a little bit more modern Ooh. stuff in there, but it fits really well. And it's bright and colorful is the thing I love about it, which is part of what I love about the GBA Castlevania games, is that they're bright and colorful. And part of that is that they were made for a screen that doesn't have a backlight, so they needed mm -hmm. to be bright and colorful oh, yeah. for the colors to come through. But so often now, like, Metroidvania games are dark and dreary. And, like, I I'm, I'm playing Moonscars right now, which is a really hard one of these. But it's also, like, all black, white, and red, which for the first, like, half hour was really cool stylistically. And then it just got really boring because it's just the same colors. And uh, the GBA Castlevanias are, like, the peak for me of what a Castlevania should be yeah with uh with the game boy games coming to switch recently and our last episode was about nintendo handhelds i've very recently just like come back to an appreciation for just how good the game boy advance and the game boy advance games were they oh had God, some yeah. amazing creativity in their game yeah. design and their worlds and everything like we could list endless games that are i i'm playing fire emblem for the first time the gba one and i'm just continuously enthralled by by how much is packed into that thing and how, how you can far are you in it like chapter 24 25? oh you're fast me i'm stuck on chapter 16 everybody keeps dying i know i've i've only recently started i i am the most hesitant person like i ever like i move so slowly and it there are some <laughs> there's some chapters that counter that by making you hurry and i'm like no please don't i'm, I'm only recently having people start dying off <laughs> <laughs> I love that game. I, I'm playing it through the, the, for the first time too, and and I'm absolutely loving it. Except that I'm stuck on this one level. I just I need to not bring the merchant with me because then I don't have to stay back and defend him. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. Um, um, I am a boy dagger through the heart that I missed the Nintendo handhelds uh, <laughs> episode because that that is my bread and butter. Like that, those are the video games I have always loved. I've always been the younger brother, and so like growing up, oftentimes my brother would be playing a game and i'd be sitting on the game boy playing something else mm. and so you know i i have my own consoles now obviously and i have for a lot of my life but handhelds are still my go-to like that's my default yeah. um especially considering i have a three-year-old now and again oftentimes pj mass will be on the tv and i'll be playing something on my switch um i'm gonna stay on handhelds though i'm debating whether to go DS. I'm going to go DS for the absurdity of it. Yes. I'm going to talk about Super Mario 64 again. <laughs> yes. This time on the DS. That's right. That's right. I had forgotten that was a so, launch title. Super Mario 64 DS is a launch title and it's a it's a bad it's a bad title. The the game should not be called Super Mario 64 DS. I was actually just having a conversation earlier today with someone about the differences between remakes and reimaginings and mm -hmm. re-releases. Yep, yep, yep. Because uh, the, th the one that makes me angry, I hate that Final Fantasy VII Remake is called Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. I don't know if y'all know anything about that game. I do. It, it's not a remake. It's it's a, just a new game it that has a lot of the same stuff in it. Mm -hmm. And and 
Mario 64 DS is like not that far, but it's further than just being Super Mario 64 on the DS because I mean, first of all, you start as Yoshi. You're not Mario, you're Yoshi running around Princess Peach's castle. And then throughout the game, you unlock Mario, Luigi, and Wario as playable characters, and they all play just slightly differently, a la uh, Mario 2 back on the NES. Like, yep. each of them controls just a little differently, and there's certain puzzles, certain stars that only specific characters can get. And that's such a cool concept, and it's like, that concept is frustrating for people who wanted super mario 64 on the ds and i think mm -hmm. this game is often looked down upon because of that whereas i think that concept is really cool and this was an era where i was very tuned into like games media i was i was watching for the ds and so i knew that's what it was going to be and so i was really excited about it um the other issue with this game is that it does not control well because Super Mario 64 was the first game that was going to be designed to use an analog stick for its control <laughs> on a home console. And then it, they brought it to DS. Uh, there's there's not one. <laughs> so you can't. You can use the D-pad. Or there's a little strap that came with the original DS that has a little piece of plastic on it that you like screw your thumb into and then you can use the little piece of plastic on the touchscreen like oh, it's an man, analog that's stick. right what a nightmare it was okay except for that the original ds was about 18 inches wide and so reaching the touchscreen was challenging um however i'm here to tell you that if you have a 3ds and you play a DS game on it, it reads the analog stick as D-pad inputs. Oh, so wow. Super Mario Fantastic. 64 DS plays beautifully on a 3DS. Nice. Man, I never, what a great connection to make between that and the Final Fantasy VII remake. Cause you're totally right. Like the titles lead you to believe it's something that it's not. Yeah. Yeah, if I, if, because the, the conclusion I came to when I was talking about this today with uh, Locathor, another audio only Let's Play podcaster who has a very weird show you can listen to. Um, was that a remake should aim to whether it succeeds or not it should aim to make you it should it should aim to replace the original experience and make you say this is what i remember mm. and that's not what either of these games do final fantasy 7 no. remake definitely doesn't whereas like if you look at metroid prime remastered that just came out they call that a remastered. It's it's a heck of a remaster, but it, it accomplishes that goal. It it totally replaces. I never need to go back and play Metroid Prime mm. on the GameCube or the mm -hmm. Wii because the Switch version is the better version. Link's Awakening on the Switch, I think, aimed to do that. Whether it succeeded or not varies a little bit. Some people don't like it as much, but I think the goal with that was that it was trying to replace the original experience and make you say, "This is what it was." I remember it being like, um, "Yeah, that's a different conversation." Have you all already done a remake episode? I don't think we have. I don't. You can have me do that one. Y'all don't even need to show up. I'll just talk to myself for, <laughs> for 55 minutes about remakes. Oh, man. We need to write that down. Write it down, Aaron. Uh, 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 writing it. <laughs> anyway, should, that's mine. What do you got? I was going to say, should we do an ad break, Mr. Oh, Aaron? Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Okay, we'll be right back. How little positivity and encouragement can go a long way. We've all had those bad days, irritated, angry, and annoyed. Well, we've got a hotline just for that. It's 1-800-BE-HAPPY. At 1-800-BE-HAPPY, we have positivity experts available to take your call 24-7. 
As soon as your call rings in, our experts will have the biggest inhuman smile that you can't even begin to comprehend with your tiny brain. Our positivity expert will talk you or talk with you and walk through your problem with you, providing the utmost positivity along the way. You can get that big raise of work. No worries, champ. At least you still have a job. Your wife is leaving you? Could be worse. At least the guy she's seeing is much, much uglier than you. Did mm-hmm. someone cut in line in front of you at Starbucks? It's okay, big fella. That extra time spent standing in line looks good for your hammies. If there's a problem our experts can't work out with you, we'll send you an enormous teddy bear, a slightly used 2004 Kia Optima, and a gift card to your choice of various restaurants. It's 1-800-BE-HAPPY. Be happy. I used 1-800-BE-HAPPY just today. I went to my local Taco Bell for breakfast, and the people like didn't come and talk to me like to take my order. So I put it into the, the keypad, and then they said that their iced coffee machine was broken. I was like, hey, it's it's okay. I'll just keep waiting. It took like half an hour for me to get my food. So I called 1-800-BE-HAPPY, and they were like, hey, man, you got your stuff, right? And you got to – it's okay. You'll be okay. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. <laughs> they were like, you know what? You're the only person that goes to Taco Bell to get breakfast anyway. So it's all right. You had a good day. I got my Baja Blast. It was all good. Thanks, 1-800-BE-HAPPY. Baja Blast. Baja Blast for breakfast. <laughs> that was the most what I got hung up on too. I was like, you can't have a Baja Blast with breakfast. Come on. And we're back. Hello. <laughs> Hello everyone. Who's who's ready to talk about more launch titles? It's you. It's me. Yeah. It's my turn. Uh yes. After breakfast is is launch and <laughs> <laughs> for my for my Switch, my Nintendo Switch, <laughs> the, the launch title I enjoyed was okay. I, this might not God count, so correct me if it doesn't count. I Mario Kart 8 Deluxe was the first game that I had for oh. Switch, which was launched. And specifically, I'm that... picking this one. What, Aaron? What's wrong? <laughs> it came out a month after launch. No, no, it couldn't have because I bought it when I bought my Switch. When did you buy your it Switch? It was a launch. No, no. It came out in April. After uh, It was a month after the Switch came out. That... That's launch window. We're, no, we're no, this count. is initial release date May 29th. Oh, oh no, that's Mario Kart 8. Never mind. Never mind. I'm not on deluxe. What? Well, no, we'll just roll with it. Hey, it's our show. Hey, everybody. It's, uh, it's go, go ahead, launch Tommy. window. The, you couldn't get a switch for a while, so it counts. True. <laughs> True. Anyways, True. Mario, um, yeah. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe just, just did, for me, <laughs> such a great job of. <laughs> Showing. I'm just I'm very amused by you pushing through on it. <laughs> launch launch plus fifty days. <laughs> Sorry. Sony just did their thing where they released the PlayStation VR two and they're like, our launch window is gonna be six months, everyone. <laughs> so And all the games in our launch window are three years old or more. Yes. So I can count <laughs> Mario Kart eight deluxe. Um anyways. <laughs> What what it just did such a great job of showing what the Switch was capable of for me, like to my friends. I I just always had got such a such a chuckle in my tummy having someone over and and like being have it on the TV and being like, look, doesn't this look good? Look at look at the road. You can see the bricks and stuff. And they're like, yeah, it's Mario Kart. That's cool. And I'd be like, check this shit out. And I pull it out and hand it to them, and they're like, oh no, this changes everything about my life. And I'm like, I know, I know. It's wonderful. And I, okay, like not joking, I literally had a friend say, oh my gosh, we're living in the future. And I'm like, yes, yes, we are. We're living in <laughs> Nintendo's future. 
That was that was a lot of the feeling that I had with Super Mario 64 DS, jumping back to that, because it was the same thing. It's like Mario Kart yeah. 8, Mario Kart 8 existed and then suddenly it was handheld. And that's kind of what Mario 64 DS did too. It's like it took an experience that you're like, yeah, I understand this experience, but now it's portable. Woo. Yeah, yeah. And having it be 60 FPS, having those bright, sparkly graphics on a handheld. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. It's it's incredible technology and and Mario Kart Eight was my was my go to 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 just show off my technology that I shouldn't have put on my credit card but I did anyways. <laughs> it's still it's wild that like it's it's such an old game because it came out for the Wii U in like what two thousand fifteen or fourteen or something probably fourteen. Yeah, and it's it's still so much fun and I, like a lot of people keep saying. Why do they keep making DLC for this game? When I, I don't mean to put this in the voice of Brad Garrett from fucking Everybody Loves Raymond, but it was my default <laughs> voice. I'm just gonna roll with it. Why do they keep making DLC for Mario Raymond. Kart 8? They keep Raymond, I don't Mario want Kart. any more DLC, Raymond. Raymond. I just want Mario Kart 9 at this point, Raymond. <laughs> Ray, <laughs> mom keeps yelling at me to get a job. No, sorry. Uh, um, welcome to the Everybody Loves Raymond podcast, everybody. No, um. Yeah, it's called Everybody Loves Everybody Loves Raymond. Everybody loves podcasts. Yeah, everybody, everybody keeps harping Nintendo to make Mario Kart Nine, but like, where the fuck would they go? Because Mario Kart yeah. is perfect. What else could they add to it besides like Jesus himself riding it's got on a Mercedes Benz cars in it? You can drive a Mercedes you know, Benz. You can drive Oops. a. Mer- you can play as Link driving a Mercedes Benz in this game. I mean, that's that's a pretty compelling argument. But they could just make it into fucking Need for Speed Underground, but you know. Mario, For... like Mario's got like a, a low rider fucking Kia Sedona or some shit. Mario's spray painting wah on the wall behind him. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna descend a little bit here because I, I listen. I love Mario Kart Eight. I've, I've loved all the Mario Kart starting with sixty four, the good one, because the Super Nintendo one is a trash fire that makes me yeah. vomit. Yeah, um, yeah, but. There's a lot going on in Mario Kart 8. Like, the hover wheel thingies are cool, but I don't like that they're, like, in every course or almost every course. And I think the new DLC is better with that. I think they're, because they're pulling older tracks for most of that, they're not Mm. adding the hover thing into all of them. But I I feel like that mechanic was a little bit overused in Mario Kart 8, just tiny. I agree. Uh, But... Having said that, I'm not saying why are they still making DLC for it. It's mechanically perfect. There's no reason not to keep milking it, except, and here's my conspiracy theory, uh-huh. launch title for whatever the successor for the Switch is is not Mario Kart 9. It's Nintendo Kart. And it's got everything yeah. that's in yeah. Mario Kart oh. 8 Deluxe, but Super it blows the doors open. Right, because they've done that with Smash Bros. I don't know what you do for next Smash Bros. Because that truly is like... I, don't, I just don't know where they go from there. But yeah. that is where you could go with Mario Kart, is you could turn it into a Nintendo-themed thing. They already peaked at that a little bit by adding Zelda in there and some Zelda-themed tracks. Imagine, yeah, you know, a, a Metroid-themed track. Like, come on. Ooh. That would be so cool. And then get and, Donkey Kong Country-type levels in there. There's there's a lot you could do where you expand out a little bit more than what they've done so far. I guess and, Donkey Kong already has some barrel levels. Oh, never and mind. then when you think the trailer's over... In comes Crash Bandicoot on his cart. Oh man! Crossover. They were like, they were like again in Brad Garrett's voice. Hey guys, sorry <laughs> we didn't put Crash in Smash Bros. But we got him in Super Smash Kart. He's working for Nintendo Bros. Oh, yeah. Cloud <laughs> is there on a Chocobo? 
Oh, that would be fucking sick, dude. What? Solid Snake is just in a box like Calvin from Calvin Hobbs. <laughs> no, he's just he's he's Flintstoning it, dude. He's just legs on the or feet on the ground. He's. <laughs> you ever played the Sonic racing games? Twice. No. Hey, that leads that leads me to my next pick. Oh, uh, Sonic and All Stars wait, Racing transformed. It was a launch title for the Wii U. I didn't play that what? one, so I'm gonna talk about the 360 version. <laughs> The this three, is really stretching it's, it's it, and my, I love it. <laughs> it's my, it's our show, by the way. But yeah, it's my favorite kart racing game. I said I liked Mario Kart in, and it's it's a really, really good, get, really good game. But I love Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite kart racing game ever. I don't care what anybody fucking says. Yes, it kind of copies what Mario Kart does. But Mario Kart has done everything. It, it Just... Shut up and play it. It's good. It's fun. No. There's lots of Sega characters. Lots of why? Why does he drive a car? My college roommate agrees with you. It's his favorite kart racing game as well. You're not alone. There's at least two of you. It's, it's so good, and it, it kind of it kind of borrows a little bit from uh, Diddy Kong Racing as well too, because Ooh. every so often your car you'll, you'll come across these like water segments where your car will turn into a boat, and of course you got to worry about you know like the waves and the and mm -hmm. all that shit. Mm -hmm. So you kind of you switch from car mechanics to boat mechanics and that's really cool and then every now and again you'll uh your car will morph into like a plane or helicopter whoever you're playing and you'll be flying through the sky and that's really cool and then all the stages are just fucking awesome because there's stages from like golden axe obviously sonic and super monkey ball samba de amigo all this shit and it's awesome because like because if all these awesome forgotten sega franchises that they're just all in this one game and it's all and then they they had quite a few different DLC characters like Alex Kidd and Ryo Hazuki on his fucking forklift and uh, <laughs> Metal Sonic and a bunch of yeah and it, it's just fun it's just good clean fun the time attack is really fun it's uh, there's like a story mode and 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 the cars like you can't really pick different parts like you can in Mario Kart but you can pick different like modes for them like acceleration mode or like top speed mode or you basically customize your car to work how you want it to. Like I always do, I'm a, I'm an acceleration and, and handling kind of guy. Same. Yeah. Like I want to be able to control the car, and if I get knocked over, I want to be able to you know go fast from the mm -hmm. start. But yeah, Sonic and All Stars Racing Transform. I'm sorry to have jerked the wheel from you guys, but oh, it's okay. Yes. So um, I you've sold me. I just I just went and requested the Wii U version for my library. I'm gonna pick it up this week and wow. give it a try. Do you? Oh my! Wait, how often do you get things from the library for your Wii U? For my, we, this is the first time I've checked oh out my Wii U games from the library. I'm surprised they have Wii U games. I've That's been to the library. I've never seen the Wii U games there. You they gotta, have a lot of Wii games. You but gotta I've never ask seen a librarian. You gotta ask, Are you? Are you gotta be like? Am I the only one? <laughs> uh, oh, I have why, to know. I have to know. But why does he drive a car? He's Sonic. I mean, His whole thing is he, he run fast. It wouldn't be a Sonic competition. R. That's true. Go play Sonic R if you want him to run. Sonic he he, really he loves cars. Run. I thought you were saying go play Sonic Car if you want him to no, run. Sonic and I was very car, confused. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I was like, there's a game called Sonic Car in which he's Sonic not car. driving a car? He's just a car. It's like cars <laughs> with Sonic. <laughs> oh, man. Larry the Cable Guys in Sonic the Car. Or Sonic Car. Oh, um. I'm gonna Troy, go to another take racing us from this. game. Uh, <laughs> y'all ever played Excite Truck? Yes. Ooh, oh my gosh, dude! You've I'm just so unlocked happy. so many memories in my brain. 
So Excite Truck was one of the launch titles for the Wii, uh, which also had, of course, well, there's others, uh, but people might mention them. There was a particular game for the Wii that was kind of the big, exciting launch title. Uh, And I worked at GameStop at the time of the Wii launch and was not allowed to reserve a Wii at GameStop because we, as uh, employees, basically weren't allowed to reserve them. Uh, So I couldn't reserve a Wii. Uh, I reserved Twilight Princess because I was like, I know I'm going to get a Wii and I'm going to play Twilight Princess. Oops, I was trying not to say that name just in case someone had on the list. But then I was able to wait in line at midnight at a Fred Meyer and get a Wii. And then I drove from that Fred Meyer to the mall and my manager was still there. So he let me get in. Or no, he wouldn't let me in. That was the problem. Hmm, I'm remembering the story now. He wouldn't let me in. So I couldn't get my Twilight Princess. So instead, I had the game I got at Fred Meyer, which was Excite Truck. And you know what? is great it's uh the spiritual successor i suppose to excite bike on the nes where you drive big trucks and they go over big jumps and it feels real fast and if you shake the wii mode in the air they do tricks or something yeah yeah it's fun it's just fun it's It's just fun it's not it's not amazing i haven't played it in years it's one that i'm like i'm kind of afraid to go back to because i'm afraid i'll be like this is actually horrible but at the time it was like a really really fun racing game and i'm not a huge racing game fan um, I, I like Mario Kart, but outside of that, I don't like a lot of racing games. And a lot of times it's because I don't feel like they give you like a good balance of a sense of speed or a sense of control. I either feel like my car is not going too fast or I feel like it's going so fast that I have no control over what's happening. And in my memory, Excite Truck balances that really well, uh, along with uh, Star Wars Episode One Racer, which is the, the racing game I've always felt like did that best. Again, in my memory, I try not to think about whether I'm right about that or not. I I remember Excite Truck being like it had like the expected launch angles and landing ramps or whatever but you could go so fast and do all the flips that you would just fly over everything. It was just like such a dramatic launch into the air, do flips and stuff and landing. It just felt so fun. I think was, it had I think they did a sequel to They did it Excite too. Bot, Excite Robot or something. Yeah. That sounds right. Excite Bots. Was it was Excite Truck the one where like you held the Wiimote horizontally and you steered by like tilting it left or right? Or, or yeah, yeah, yep. yep. that sounds right. Motion controls, yeah. baby. That's cool. So. You're never gonna use I buttons really again. <laughs> buttons are for squares and chumps. <laughs> um, man, this is this is bizarre because I also have a racing game, even though I'm not a racing person. Um, and this one is a launch title. I googled it beforehand. Uh, <laughs> Motor Motorstorm for the PlayStation Three. Oh, I remember this one. Motorstorm. I uh, I. Oh yeah. Yeah, I remember Motorstorm. Storm, everyone. Um, for me personally, just like with the PlayStation Three, they're like, we can fit so many freaking objects on the screen at the same time. You have no idea. And seeing them do that with cars and and all the the parts flying everywhere and the big the big selling point for MotorStorm was if you accelerated if you boost you you could boost your car but if you boosted it too much your car would explode and you would you yeah. you would continue <laughs> flying forward so like the goal was like at the end of the race you want to boost so hard that you explode across the finish line cuz that's your maximum speed and <laughs> just seeing all those parts flying everywhere seeing all the debris i was like video games are never gonna look better than this this is this is it we've reached the max 
You know, I I just pulled up some footage and it still looks pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. This um, uh it... this is that same era, so I was at GameStop and I never had MotorStorm, but my memory of it is that we had a kiosk and it just mm-hmm. it just played MotorStorm all day. So I kind of hated this game because I was very tired of of seeing and hearing it on loop. Oh man. But I yeah, have... it still looks pretty fun. I it was on the demo station at the Walmart that I worked at and uh there was there was a girl that liked me. Have I told this story before, Aaron? No, keep going, oh, please. Man. Okay, there was a there was a girl cashier that liked me and I did not like her back and I was like in I was in high school at this time. I didn't know how to do anything social situations like that. So my idea was I'll just play Motorstorm on the demo disc until she goes away. <laughs> and, and she she didn't she just kept hanging around and so i like started being weird i was like i'm gonna look i'm gonna make this guy explode boom ha ha and she's like you're you're really weird and i was like no it's fun watch boom ha ha and then she finally walked away and i was like oh man smooth i'm so smooth I got rid of her motorstorm had five games in its series did it i only i remember this one in the playstation 4 one uh, what I, i'm seeing says three four no three ps3 games a psp slash ps2 game and then the last one was a vita game called motorstorm rc what? gee i wonder why that failed on the vita in six years even wow yeah my my well, one big memory with this game okay hmm. was uh we went to a best buy one time for some reason back in back in those days and they they had it on I think it was like on a 3D TV or a 3D display because mm-hmm. you, you could play split screen, but not split screen. Like one screen yep. would be the actual TV screen and the other screen would be like the, the 3D layer on it. And that was pretty cool. Yeah. PlayStation 3 could play 3D games. They and like never yeah. advertised it. <laughs> now look where 3D TVs and shit are in the trash. Like or, have them. Yeah. Yeah. Suck it. PlayStation. They, <laughs> Let, let's keep the racing game train rolling, dude. Yes. Need to see most wanted. This is a racing game <laughs> podcast now. <laughs> it was the it was a launch title for the 360, and I I, I double dipped. I owned it on the on the GameCube, but then I, I also bought it on the 360. So I'm like, oh, it looks so good. Look, it looks so realistic, and it was just it's still my favorite Need for Speed game because the story is just stupid and the characters are stupid. But I like the idea that like you just basically beat each of these like elite racers on this elite racer list and you have a chance to fucking take their car from them and leave them homeless and shit well you don't actually leave them homeless but like you take their car and, and uh a, little, a lot of cool customization options nowadays it's a little bit overwhelming because you can customize like anything on a car like you just put a fucking sticker on your tires or something stupid i don't know but most one it was it was just fun and it was good get away from the cops by hiding at a fucking gas station or something stupid and it's a good game it's fun remember i i miss i miss those days of, of seeing launch titles and being like wow these look nothing's gonna look better than this this looks great because now it's like we've we've kind of reached the apex of graphical fidelity and the games look good they look really good but it's not like a giant leap yeah it's like now hey look you remember the last of us and how good it looked on the ps3 well hey look over here hey look it's on the ps4 and it looks great oh hey look and now it's on the ps5 and it looks even greater and buy it again please buy it again (laughs) buy twice three times three times over 
Troy, please tell me you have a racing game for your next one. <laughs> uh, I don't. Yeah. Well, that's okay. That's I okay. don't. I'm looking at my list of possibilities, and none of them are racing. <laughs> um, I want to shout out Geometry Wars Retro yep. Evolved. That's a good one. Yes. That's a really good, uh, good one. This yeah, was a uh, launch title on the 360 Xbox Live Arcade. Yeah. Um, at one point, it held the record for the most downloaded Xbox Live arcade game, which does not surprise me at all because no. it's great. It is a just a classic arcade game where you're you're just a little ship and you're flying around and you're shooting with your right stick and flying with your left stick and you can use bombs with your triggers and that's pretty much it. And you just go for a high score. The thing that sets it apart is it just looks outstanding. It mm -hmm. is like crazy neon vibes and awesome music i actually played this yesterday uh because i was looking for games to play with my kiddo and i was like oh geometry wars and you know what it still looks real good yeah uh those particles yeah the thing that makes me sad about geometry wars is i was like whatever happened to that and it turns out a lot happened to it mm -hmm. there was like a wii version a ds version it got released on the playstation 4 and the xbox one it came to phones uh there was a vita version then then the, the ending of this story is sad because yeah. uh geometry wars was an activision title and as activision oh. does they shut down the studio that made it god damn it yeah that's yeah. what sucks i mean i'm not a fan of giant corporations controlling everything but the idea just the idea of microsoft getting the activision library and being able to bring games back i i want that well so interestingly cool. this was actually okay it was it was a Microsoft Game Studios game yes. from 2003 to 2008, and then somehow Vivendi Games got involved in 2007. I don't know how that worked, but Vivendi Games also published a game called uh, uh, Metal Arms Glitch in the System, which is one of my favorite oh, games yeah. of all time. Uh, and then there, were, there was hope for a sequel for that, but it didn't happen because Vivendi Games got absorbed into Activision. Uh, so, so cool. Activision killed the vendi games and in the mm. process killed both uh metal arms glitch in the system and eventually geometry wars cool 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 cool. they were like this isn't call of duty this people isn't... want call of duty <laughs> damn it this game is fun and colorful get rid of it literally Kill just a, a guy Make in a call suit of duty. a guy in a suit looking at it like this isn't call of duty why are we wasting any time <laughs> <laughs> he rubs his temples. He's all frustrated. He's like, "Why isn't this called?" Everybody Duty? who makes this game should stop making this game, and instead, that entire studio should be devoted to how reflective the boots are in Call of Duty, mm -hmm. because that's where we're going to make our money—is in shiny boots. Yeah, yeah. Um, how how many more do how many more games do people have on their list? I should say. No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I have a couple other I could mention. I, have, I, made, I made a big list because I was worried they were all going to get taken. What about you, Ryan? I have, I have one, two-ish. Okay, okay. I have two-ish as well. So we'll we just do cool. two more, or well, I'll I do. do I can do two-ish more. Okay, okay. Um, I uh for my next pick, watch an amazement as I tell you about Halo Combat Evolved for the original Xbox. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Imagine a world where where shooters don't use two sticks, and now they do. That's what Halo brought to the world, and it changed gaming forever. I mean, Halo did a lot of things that, that really set the bar for, for first-person shooters, like uh, mainly the, the whole two sticks thing. And I remember 
the first time I played Halo at a friend's house, I could not figure it out. I was like, this is the dumbest control scheme I've ever experienced <laughs> in my life. Why and isn't it like you're Goldeneye? Just, <laughs> you're just looking at the floor the whole time or whatever. No, I was looking at the sky. It was always the sky. Because oh. I just even the multiplayer aspects someone would shoot at me and i would get scared and scream and just start shooting into the sky <laughs> the only way i could shoot someone was to go into a building wait by the doorway with my thing already aimed and just wait for someone to walk in and start shooting them that was i learned camping right then and there as a, as a child holy but... shit <laughs> and i played like that for a long time actually sadly um <laughs> But also the whole multiplayer shooter thing that had been done before, obviously. But but for me personally, like going to a friend's house and everyone playing Halo with their split screen on the TV was just some of some super fun memories. And man, good good old and again, that was Microsoft's first console, and they came out with Halo. If they don't have Halo, they don't really have anything. Yep. That's in the couch co-op for like the the campaign and all that stuff. From... Yeah. I don't. I didn't play four or five. Anything. Anything after. Well, no. So I, I played one, two, three, and Reach. Yeah, and Reach. I played all those co-op and the couch co-op is just so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I. Halo is a series I've played a lot of, but all the best times playing it have been playing couch co-op. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if they ever fixed. I, I was gonna play co-op with a, a buddy a couple years ago and we couldn't because he was on pc and i was on xbox i don't know if they ever fixed that um yeah master chief collection i'm pretty sure they did because i i i'm decently sure i did that with a friend but i could be wrong because now we both have xboxes and so we both played over xbox Um, that's that's a fun game to play co-op that's i i don't i don't do a lot of multiplayer gaming again Mm three-year-old but like halo halo co-op is so much fun that like that's a game i could see making time for of like let's let's figure out a time get down get, get some cheetos and mountain dew and play some halo because that's 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 a that's yeah. a good memory a good nostalgia i think it'd still be fun i i remember uh i got halo infinite when it launched because it was on game pass so you get everything from game pass and mm-hmm. i went into a multiplayer match and it, it starts with you being like if someone's got a headset you can hear them and <laughs> the first match it was like a bunch of dudes in their 30s who had like come out of a cave we were all like oh it's halo everyone it's halo (laughs) and and like after everyone started running a bit then like the the squad talk like okay someone take the motorbike i'm gonna head for the flag anyone gonna cover it was just so fun to just experience that again after all these years and then everyone kind of moved on from it me included but just for that brief minute it was it was so so fun the vehicles in in the halo series are so other other first person shooters didn't use vehicles as much as halo did and those were so much fun. like the warthog and the ghost and all the other goofy ones like the banshee and the wraith the the, the warthog well, especially the... was was really fun you could just flip it and like kill your friends on accident like, <laughs> yes like, the control and... scheme on the warthog was so cool too like they, they did a great mm-hmm. job with the control scheme for just the standard gameplay but they didn't make you deal with like a gas and brake on the warthog it's just it's it's point and go yeah, and yeah, that works yeah. so well <laughs> Speaking of, of couch co-op games, kind of, uh, Power Stone on the Dreamcast, Ooh. launch title for the Dreamcast, Power Stone, Power Stone, everybody. Troy, Tell me more. I have not played Power Stone. I've heard very good things about it, and I played a little bit of the uh, Disney Infinity 3.0 Superheroes expansion that was apparently a Power Stone ripoff, but that's the extent yeah. of my experience. 
the Power Stone, basically, uh, how do I explain it? It's hmm, like an arena <laughs> brawler kind of thing. So you you pick your characters, and I think it goes up to like four people, of course, and and your characters each kind of have like their own little play style. But ultimately, what you're supposed to do is like you can pick up, um, you can pick up items and objects and shit on the field and like throw them at enemies and every so often the what different weapons and like food and shit will drop from the sky and of course food heals you weapons it'll be anything from like a minigun to like a baseball bat to like a battle axe to a fucking laser cannon or something and you just you just want to be the last one standing you just blast the piss out of your enemies and <laughs> and what really set it apart was not only that but they every so often they would drop these like gems with of course power stones and if you got i think it's like three or if you got a certain number like three or four i think you would go into like supercharged mode i forget what that was called as well too i apologize but yeah you would you'd be able to do this super awesome powerful move and it would just <laughs> annihilate your opponent and then also in the meantime to the stage the, the stages were very dynamic because like uh, there was this one i forget if this is on the first game or the second one but there was one stage it's like on a plane you start off on a plane and every so often these like these missiles will be fired on different locations on the field and then eventually the plane will, will nosedive and crash and you'll be in this other area and then you fight it out there and then you know the the ground eventually falls apart and you fall down to this other area and it's super cool like the, the, the stages are they change like two or three times and there's just and some of the stages too they also have like there's this one like jungle temple where eventually you have to you and everybody else is playing you have to like jump up these uh they basically turn into a platform where almost you have to jump up these little platforms trying to make it to the top and then anybody who doesn't of course they take damage or they die and once you do get to the top of course you're in this new arena and yeah it's just it's super fun i i don't like the bots are kind of stupid but when you get actual people playing it, it it's super super fun it's really good sounds like a game really ahead good. of its time it was basically like like sega's smash bros almost but it was I kind of I kind of prefer that over Smash Bros. Like I just want multiplayer <gasps> fucking chaos and madness. I mean, no, I don't know. I guess it's not really like Smash Bros. Smash Bros. is more like a fighting game. This one's more this like is, a like a yeah. The the gameplay is more like a brawler, but you're fighting yeah. other players. God but... damn it! It's just this this needs to. I don't know why they have a Capcom. Come on, dude, bring it bring it to modern consoles. It's what the, it's what people slash Aaron wants bring it bring it to us please <laughs> I would totally play this if it came out because like I said I played the Disney Infinity kind of knockoff version of it and it was really fun and I'd, I'd be very interested in checking out like a full game in that style yeah there's gotta be somebody's gotta made like a, an indie version of it right I I'm not sure I mean I don't really people, know people he hasn't found Dreamcast one yet. are starting to make like that's the 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 current crop of like cool indie creators are mm -hmm. Dreamcast gamers, so I feel I feel like they got to be out there. Aaron, do better googling. Be. Find it. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up right now. Power Stone. Go, uh, Troy. What's your next one? Uh, I'm gonna go with the most recent one on my list, which is Astro's Playroom, Ooh. which is a pack-in title for the PlayStation 5. Like, it's it's just on the hard drive when you get a PlayStation 5. And it is a uh, a game in the Astro series of games, which previously was a bunch of mini-games and then a very cool platformer that you could only play in PlayStation VR. And this one is... It's a 3D platformer 
uh, collectathon type game dedicated to the PlayStation 5 and also the history of the PlayStation family mm-hmm. of products. So as you play through the levels, there are just uh, a ton of other little robots because you play as a little robot. There's other little robots who are like filming scenes from PlayStation games. Like in the first area you go to, you're at a beach and there's a robot with a camera filming a robot dressed up as Kratos and a smaller robot in a canoe being <laughs> God of War 2018. Like that's the game is just everywhere you look, there's some little thing happening like that. Um, and then the things you collect unlock this like interactive PlayStation museum uh, that has all the different PlayStation products, all the official like controllers and accessories and all that. So it's, it's really cool from that perspective. It's also just a really good 3d platformer. It is like it is a mario quality level to Mm -hmm. me and and that's a very high bar but this is as good as a mario game in my book um it also does some really cool stuff with using the playstation 5's controller because it has some really unique features on it and the game makes really good use of that as well so it's like a very good showcase for the playstation 5 in terms of the controller a very cool look back at the history of playstation and then on top of that it's just a really fun game to play um and it's just there when you get the console. So, Man. yeah. That, that sounds like the perfect launch title. Like It's it's great. And and it's, I mean, it's the kind of thing I could see people getting a PlayStation 5 and never looking at. Because, again, they wanted to see the shiny boots in Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. But you should check out Astro's Playroom. If you've got a PlayStation 5 and you haven't played it, go play it. Because it's fantastic. And it looks really good, too. It's it's one of the best looking things I've played on the PlayStation 5. It's got great music. and And it's just, it is a joy to play. Uh, and it's one my kiddo loves now too like i said i've got a three-year-old he's getting into video games and he really loves the robot game as he calls it uh he makes zero progress in it but it's just fun for him to run around in it because it's such a like vibrant and exciting and fun world to be in i i just want to feel the controller i i've just realized now that i still haven't played a playstation 5 and felt the the tactile feedback i i gotta know how it feels it's uh it's cool it's i mean a lot of games don't do much with it but when a game does something with it it's pretty cool i found a good power stone clone fellas it's <laughs> yes. mighty fight federation and it's on like everything and it, it's got guest characters some ukulele toe jam and earl and uh, and kunio kun people is there shovel knight it's gotta have shovel knight uh they're probably working on it they're probably working on list it. but yeah they're probably working on it hey hey everybody the, the coming soon shovel knight um, it's it's funny that you mentioned the PlayStation 5 because I actually had a bit of a twist for my pick for Xbox Series X because, boy, there really weren't a lot of exclusives for Xbox Series X. But what it did have on launch was everything on Game Pass. <laughs> and I, I honestly just want to shout that out because, like, we talked about other consoles where they're like, here's your five or six games that you can play. And with the Series X slash X, they were like, here's everything from our past Game Pass library and the Xbox store. And it just totally, like, it, it made that value proposition for me at least a lot easier to handle, being able to just buy a yeah. console and have, like, 100-plus games to play right out of the box. And that's, like, just one of those... That's one of those we're living in the future things is, like, just buying a console and having hundreds of things to play. It, it's something I never would have imagined as a kid. And... It's, it's just really cool that Microsoft does that. And, ha- and how they went back with the, the 
what's it called, where you can play 360 and Xbox One games. They They're just backwards compatibility. Oh, backwards compatibility. Thank you, backwards yeah. compatibility. They put some people in a in a back room for like eight years and just had them fix as many <laughs> games as they could. They didn't need to Not do that. Not including Sonic All-Star Racing Transformed, I'll have you know. Because that's why <laughs> the phrase backwards compatibility was at the top of my list, because I just looked that up a few minutes ago. <laughs> nice. Yes, as many games as they could, some that people would never play again, but but they did anyways, and, and it's just really great to, to have a console on launch to play 100-plus games. I uh, had a horrifying moment the other day where I was scrolling through my Xbox going, man... I don't really want to play any of these games. I should go see what else there is. And then I saw that I had 98 games installed. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, with 98 games installed, I can't find anything to play. Like, <laughs> young Troy would be I know. Appalled, like I know. I go buy Symphony thing. of the Night. It's on there. Go buy <laughs> Symphony is, of the Night. It is it's... on there. I've played it. I've played it. I've played it since I played the Game Boy Advance Castlevanias. I've played Symphony of the Night. Is it, uh, is it my turn now? Yes. Or was that Troy's? No, that was me. That was actually okay. one that I had written down. Okay. Oh yeah, because Troy's was Master's Playroom. Okay. Yeah, my my next one. It's another Dreamcast launch title, Sonic Adventure. Yeah. And also to also to shout out uh, Xbox backwards compatibility because the Xbox Live Arcade version is backwards compatible on the Series X and S and all that stuff. But Sonic Adventure is just it's cool as hell. There's multiple playable characters. Each one has their own like their own way to play their own levels and stuff like that and 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 the chow garden chow garden started there sonic adventure everybody chow garden the orca whale the the killer whale oh yeah the the yeah, the, the in the first level toward the end yeah i just did the whole uh, free willy arc jump right over uh playing that one michael jackson song or whatever that was the entirety of my dreamcast knowledge when i was a child was the killer whale scene god Damn it, what a good game, dude. That was the first 3D Sonic, right? Yes. Yeah, because they were supposed to have one on the Saturn. Sonic Extreme, but that got canceled. Sonic Extreme. Rip, Sonic Extreme. I, I'm, it's really interesting how... I think we might have talked about it before, but like, it seems like the the current crop of gaming YouTubers that at least I watch were like super big fans of Sonic Adventure. Were like... A few years ago, the YouTubers I watched were like, that's a terrible game. It's not Sonic at all. <laughs> well, nuts to them. I've always thought Sonic Adventure was great. I owned the director's cut on GameCube back in the day, and I liked it. Yay. So, fart on them. <laughs> someday someday I'll play and enjoy a Sonic game. I'm sure it'll happen. I, yet, but... same, same for me. I haven't either. <laughs> I think Sonic Adventure is installed on my Xbox right now. So <laughs> Nice. Maybe I'll have to give that a shot. Or Sonic Adventure 2. Sonic Adventure 2 had the uh, the better Chow Garden, but I just I just like the aesthetic of like the whole the whole city and the connecting areas and like the the free roam bullshit of, of the the first Sonic Adventure. And then the music is really the good. The Butt too. Rock. Mm-hmm. Butt Rock, everybody. This episode brought to you by Butt Rock. <laughs> Your turn, Troy. I'm gonna say my last one. I'm gonna mention is What the Golf, which Ooh, was a launch title oh. for Apple Arcade. Oh, uh, shit, left field as fuck. Yeah, Apple Arcade is a subscription service for games on iOS and Apple TV devices uh, that part of the stipulation, I guess, for being on Apple Arcade is that you don't have microtransactions mm-hmm. in the game. And What the Golf is a game that's a golfing game, except it's absolutely bizarre and does all kinds of crazy stuff. 
and it's very very fun it's on the switch as well and the reason i love it so much for apple arcade is because i think that if this game was not developed for apple arcade it would have been terrible because yeah. i think it would have had a ton of pricing throughout it doesn't feel like something where they would have sold it to you for five bucks on the iphone they would have sold you each like set of levels for a dollar or would have a timer and you could pay for the timer to go down yep i could see that totally so yeah Uh, what the golf is really fun and they've recently released a vr game called what the bat where your hands are baseball bats and you have to accomplish ordinary tasks with baseball bat hands and it's also fantastic I can also vouch for what the golf. It's really fun and does a lot of creative things. It's not a golf game. <laughs> I mean, it it is a golf game, but it's 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 you don't need to enjoy golf to play what the golf. It might be better if you don't. Sorry, actually. my three year old's informing me that he's gonna have a popsicle. He's very excited. Jealous. That's fun. <laughs> Wait, what flavor? What color? Yeah, what flavor? Uh, Addy, do you want to say what flavor or what color you're having? Please be Did you guys hear that? No. Come here. Come here. You, can, green? you can be on the podcast for a second. It's another guest. Oh, you don't want to be on this podcast? Oh. oh. Normally he likes I saying understand. hi when I'm recording stuff. Did you tell him that we have a lot of Twitter followers? <laughs> be really good for your SEO, Addy. Uh, he's having a blue popsicle. Mm. Nice. <laughs> That's a good pick. Um I, I actually didn't have any more. So if it, oh, you told if, us you had more. I wait. I did say two-ish, but I think what I'm looking at my list and it's, I talked about them all. That's yes. fine if you don't. Betrayal. Maybe I don't know. No, I don't have any more. Um, does anyone else what, have that, any more that they want to throw out? What about Breath of the Wild? I mean, that was the launch channel for the Switch. I'm surprised you didn't say that one. Yeah, because I Mario Kart was the first one I bought. It was between uh, those two, and I I never played a Zelda before. So I went with Mario Kart, but I did eventually get Breath of the Wild, and I love it. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm out of, I'm out of them. Uh, I'll shout out three real quick. Yes, Rogue Squadron on the GameCube is yes. absolutely fantastic. Uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales came out as a launch title for the PlayStation Five. It's also on the PlayStation Four, but the PlayStation Five version looks a little bit better, and the whole game is just a slightly better version of the previous Spider-Man game, which ruled. And finally. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 on the Game Boy Advance is oh, still man. a great video game. And there it Game is. Oh, yeah. There it is, everyone. That's every launch title that is good. If you can think of a launch title that is good that we didn't say, you're wrong. And uh, But please still feel free feel free to reach out to us to tell us. And where, where can they do that, Aaron? Superpodsaga.com. All one word. Superpodsaga.com. We find all of our social medias there. And then donation section if you want right. to give us just a tiny small donation via paypal or become a patron there's a lot of cool stuff there but otherwise just enjoy the show yeah and what, what about you troy where where can uh, people name your podcast again and then where people can find sure it. what you've forgotten the name of troy no Power, i've got it written down this podcast with troy power no it i've got its own it has its own twitter handle its twitter handle is at tpp tpp no <laughs> wait dpp tpp tp shoot i've got lost in the abbreviation so don't follow that follow me at troidal power on twitter <laughs> and go to troidalpower.com or geek to geekmedia.com to find a whole lot more of me everywhere perfect yes. excellent thank you thank you so much for being here today troy thank you thanks for having me on this was super fun oh yeah, yeah. i have to i have to say what next it's my turn to pick next week's topic right yes okay so next week i want to talk about 
uh, how am I going to describe it? Like games adjacent media. I want to talk about the the TV shows we watched, the magazines mm. we read, the websites we visited to to fill our games with video game knowledge. That's a fun so topic. Like, so like Game Informers and like yes. Nintendo Powers yes. and like okay. but would you IGN. T- cartoons and things like that yes. or you're talking about games media well i was thinking games media but if someone wants to talk about cartoons they can do that too mm. Mm. that's a fun one and uh, i like it yes. can i tell okay. you my hyper specific topic i think you guys should cover at some point because yeah. i don't want to do the research to write an article about this absolutely except if i do i'll let you know and then you can't do it absolutely uh grappling hooks <laughs> oh, that's a good one that is a good one <laughs> My three-year-old knows the phrase grappling hooks, and it's one of my fav- like the most prideful things is that he knows what a grappling hook is. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's, oh, man. Okay, so, listeners, thank you. Thank you for being here. Check out Troy's podcast. Check out our podcast in the future. Uh, thank you for listening. You're all wonderful. Bye. Bye. Bye.